I guess we should probably talk a little turkey uh, about the new Battlestar Galactica, uh, because I'm, I'm sure that there are more than a few people tuning in to get some scoop on that. So my first question to you is, when you heard that Ron Moore was launching this reimagining of Battlestar Galactica, what were your first impressions? And from there, how did you end up with the role of Tom Zarek? I didn't hear about Ron Moore. I heard that they were going to reimagine rather than continue the show. And when that decision came down, I didn't know who was involved. All I knew was the Sci-Fi Channel had decided to reimagine. Now, you have to understand that I had spent four years going up to Universal, going to Sony, having multiple meetings, talking, discussing, bringing back Battlestar, actually going and putting together a four-minute trailer, creating a website, BattlestarGalactica.com, which, believe it or not, was available at the time. They had not bought the domain. And also, at the time I was doing it, remember, uh, NBC did not own Universal. It was owned by Seagram's. And Rainbow Zendy came in and bought it. And then ultimately NBC, which is the company that, no, that eventually discovered and realized that they had a gold mine with Battlestar and realized they had something of great value. And that's when the green light finally came. But the four years I was, five years, I was actually trying to bring it back, was under Seagram's and Vivendi. Uh, and we've done everything, including offering to buy it over the consortium of financial interest put together. We had gone in to buy it. I had talked to Sony about doing a CD-ROM game. They wanted it for Sony PlayStation 2, but they could never make a decision early enough to develop the game and get it out and launch it when Sony PlayStation 2 actually came out. So, so many projects that we were pushing and trying to put together kept falling through the cracks. And so it was a great deal of frustration for me and many, many others that were involved in trying to motivate the studios to bring back Battlestar. So when I finally, oh, I'm sorry, the next part of that is, is that Tom DeSanto, and people have read this story before, but Tom DeSanto and Brian Singer, after I had finally said, gotten the final no from Universal, uh, I had moved on to creating a production company, Merlin Quest Entertainment, and putting together The Great War of Jelen, which I've been developing for the past, I would say, almost six or seven years. Tom DeSanto, who ultimately was the producer of X-Men 1 and 2, along with Brian Singer, he had been a big Battlestar fan. Huge, and I mean huge. And he had always wanted to bring back Battlestar, and he had gone up there a few years later. I don't know exactly the same time frame as me, or a couple years after, I'm not sure. All I know is that he tried to get in the door, and they wouldn't even take his call. It was only after the success of X-Men 1 or 2 that they finally said, hey, come on over, Tom, we'd love to talk to you. And, uh, you know, and Brian about doing the project with us. And they came in the door, and when they sat down and the executive asked them, you know, well, what's on your mind? What would you like to do? Let's, let's see if we can put something together. And when they mentioned doing Battlestar Galactica, uh, I think everybody's jaw dropped in the room while the executives, they couldn't believe that the one show that these two guys wanted to do was Battlestar Galactica. And so I got to know, you know, Tom. Tom had uh, contacted me, and I found out that they were putting together a continuation, very much like what we had been pushing for for five years. Obviously different, and obviously Tom's story, but uh, nevertheless, a continuation. And so it went into development, and it was green-lighted. So that was the next thing that we heard. And most of the fans were very, very excited, obviously, being a continuation, and most of those fans had loved X-Men, so all was well. And then, uh, of course, that went on for about a year, and, and all of a sudden, when it got close to going into pre-production and sets were being built, something happened. God knows what that was. But nevertheless, the ongoing sequel got derailed and fell apart, 
I think uh, everybody was, was very disappointed, thinking that Battlestar was finally coming back. So this whole kind of prelude had created a lot of anticipation, a lot of energy around Battlestar and about seeing the, the, the original show brought back. And so, you know, it was with that kind of energy and passion and excitement in the Battlestar fan community that the word came out that all of a sudden the show was going to come back via the sci-fi channel, but it wasn't going to be a continuation. It was going to be a, a reimagining. Well, when they heard the reimagining word, you know, it hit everybody in the gut because the thought was, oh, oh, here they go again, just as they've always done, networks and, and studios, when they bring back classics, for the most part, in fans' eyes, they usually destroy it. Classics that are normally brought back in a way that the great majority of fans, generally speaking, do not agree with. It's not to say what's right or wrong, but nevertheless, there's a great deal of fear in fans' eyes when they hear their favorite shows being brought back and reimagined. And because I had been so involved in bringing it back and because I always felt that this was an incredible story, but because of the technology of the day and because the networks uh, at that time, due to the prevailing conditions, political, sociological of the day, did not want to get into the more provocative, deeper subject matter of the core story of Battlestar. So therefore... I'd always felt that the show should be brought back and that the core premise should be explored more deeply, which is what I started doing in the comic books and also started doing in the novels, which were a projection of the original show, 25 Years in the Future, where we have a new generation of our of our children now the same ages as we are. And we progressed the show, evolved the Cylons, and obviously wanted to create a, a far more provocative show uh, and that was kind of the, the, where the trailer came from. It's where the books and the comic books came from. And that was the direction I had always wanted to go in. But I can only tell you that when we heard the reimagining, the first thought was that they were just going to bring it back and do something really cheesy and stupid and silly with it. All I knew was it was going to be a reimagined. So we were all angry and frustrated and pissed off. So when it was mentioned that Ron Moore was on board, I had actually been told by my ex-girlfriend that, you know, when I was trying to bring back Battlestar, that I should contact Ron Moore because he would be the perfect guy to do it. She had mentioned that. I didn't know Ron Moore, really. I didn't know much of Ron Moore's work. Um, so I was really kind of in the dark there in terms of who he was and what he was about. So when I was still mounting a campaign to try to persuade the networks to continue the reimagining version and go to a continuation, which is what the vast majority of the fans at that time really were asking for. So I think that there was, again, the conditions of that time is in the Battlestar community, and I will only say this, is that the vast majority of Battlestar fans are not vocal. Many of them, obviously, there's a vocal minority that speaks up, but most Battlestar fans, you know, are from three different generations, and they carry on with their lives, and they're not necessarily sci-fi fans. Many are, but many aren't. So many of them don't go to conventions. Many of them are not involved in all the happenings and what's going on, but the vocal fans were really, really in an uproar. I think when I finally decided to help produce the 25th Battlestar Galactic Anniversary Convention, which I had never done before, I decided that Ron Moore should definitely be invited, along with all, you know, Glenn Larson, along with Tom DeSanto, along with everybody who had wanted to do a version of Battlestar. And even Glenn Larson had wanted to do the Pegasus story. So they had tried to put together that deal and uh, were not able to accomplish that. So there was a number of people trying to put together their own version of Battlestar, obviously including me. And fans, you know, all had their own ideas, obviously, about what they would like to see. And I just felt, say, coming to a 
a point in my life where I can see the uh, larger playing field where I'm not so caught up in, in, in narrow points of view. I'm able to, whether I agree or disagree or whether it's frustrating or not, I think I have arrived finally at a place of being able to realize that there are many ways to do anything. And certainly whether I agreed or didn't, other people had just as much right or more right than me. Obviously, Universal owns Battlestar to do whatever they want to do with the story. And that even though I had invested so much time and energy, and obviously it was painful for me, they had every right to do what they wanted to do, and that in the end, it would be in the fans' hands anyway. They're the ones who make the final vote. So I just decided to invite everybody. And when I met Ron Moore, I have to say that I genuinely felt that this was a good human being, and a very intelligent human being, very down-to-earth. You know, you meet a lot of people in this business. And when you meet somebody that you can appreciate, and uh, for me, it's been rare. And when you meet those people, it's really a pleasure. So I, I liked Ron Moore. I mean, I will say that I liked Ron Moore from the first moment that I met him. I met him and his wife. We had a, a small talk up in the uh, the green room before he went down to uh, talk to the audience. But we didn't get a chance to get into anything in depth. But uh, I'm sure that he had read some of the articles that I had read trying to promote the continuation, trying to build a case for that. and and trying to represent the fans as, as best as I could. And obviously I wasn't the only voice doing that, but I was certainly one of them. He went down and everybody, the hall was filled with great anticipation because uh, he was going to show excerpts of the new show and talk about what he was doing. And uh, it was a very, very angry, upset, hostile group of, of fans. And, you know, you, you have to look for both sides. I can understand because fans have felt betrayed and let down for years. People were had a right to be scared and terrified and angry and frustrated. But again, I can only say this looking back, I thought Ron Moore had a lot of balls and courage to get up there and talk to such a hostile audience and show what he had to show. And really his intelligence, his vision, the way he laid out everything, I just found him a very, very compelling artist. And yes, I still in my own mind and heart felt that the continuation was the best way to go. But after meeting Ron Moore, it would certainly have been great to have Ron Moore putting together the continuation because I don't even put myself in the same room as Ron Moore. Even though I wanted to go in more provocative directions with Battlestar, I think Ron Moore has the guts and the balls to go where very few men or women artists are willing to go into very deep, profound, provocative areas that really illuminate the human condition in ways that may or may not be easy to take and to watch and to look at because it forces all of us to look at ourselves and ask deep, profound questions and uh, and maybe uh, be more accountable to ourselves and to the world. So I, I think that I really admired him for that. And so I just think that having a chance to talk to him opened up a door that I wasn't out to bring anybody down. I was just angry and frustrated like everybody else was. It was deeply wounding and, and hurtful for me to watch something I put so much energy into not going to uh, continue as a continuation. But at the same time, I'd kind of come to a place in my life where i have been through enough pain, enough heartache, enough disappointment to um, take a deep breath and, uh, and step back for a moment and reassess the situation and look at something a little more objectively and kind of say, okay, what's happening here? And being a spiritual person, sometimes I, I feel that what needs to happen sometimes does happen. And so I, I kind of was willing to open up the door and explore possibilities. And when Ron Moore uh, emailed me and asked if I might be open if the show gets picked up, and by at that time, there was no absolute um, 
picked up on, on the show after the four-hour miniseries. In fact, as far as I know, the show wasn't going to be picked up. And it was only after the Sky Channel actually pumped in some money and decided to uh, to get involved that the show actually did get picked up. And actually, as we know, it, it played over in England first, that first season. That's why it played over there first. And then after right. it played, it obviously came over here. But I think a lot of those downloads, you know, in a way kind of helped publicize the show. And so uh, when it finally played here, it played here to a pretty big rating. And I think uh, Sci-Fi recognized that they had something. And that first short season allowed them to uh, make the decision to pick it up and follow through with it. And I think they realized that they had something quite special and because of the quality of the writing, the producing, the directing, and everything else, they were able to create a show that um, was so compelling that even those fans who were angry and frustrated, a great many of them, you know, would come back and watch week after week after week. And ultimately, we started getting involved in the new show and the characters and the plots. So it's, it's really, for me, getting a chance to, and being asked to, to play a role in the show. Uh, I didn't know where it was going to go, but I, for the first time in my life, where I had said many no's in my career, for all the wrong reasons, by the way. I was very idealistic, and, and also um, certain things were, were very challenging and scary to me, uh, and I, I don't want to go into the, the depths of that, but I, a lot of things that came my way brought up a lot of fear of expectation inside of me, and uh, I said no when I should have said yes looking back and taking the risk. And finally, I'd grown to a place in my life where I could say yes, and... Uh, I did say yes, and I was still conflicted inside, not about Ron Moore, but conflicted about my loyalties to the original show and to having worked so hard to bring it back along with many others. I said yes, and when I got a chance to hear about the role and basically got the first script, for the first time in several years, I was excited about acting again. And I was excited about, um, as I arrived on the set and got to know everybody and realized that this show, they had put together an incredible crew, cast, and production team. I was blown away that they had actually not only made the right decision, but Ron Moore and company and everybody that got hired to come on board. It's rare when such an extraordinarily talented company comes together, as is the case with Battlestar Galactica. I've been on many, many shows, and it's not that there aren't talented people here and there, but it's rare to have such a, such a uniformly... Uh, what's the word I'm searching for, where the whole team is amazing. And, and I, you know, I had a similar experience, you know, from a different perspective 28 years earlier on the original Battlestar. It was a great group of people, a great group of actors and, and writers. But here I was 28 years later, obviously in a new time frame when you can do much more provocative material. But here I was all these years later playing, a, you know, a, a role that certainly obviously wasn't the, uh, the starring role in the show, and obviously as a continuing character, although at that time it was just a guest star, which I had no idea. I mean, there was, there was a possibility of coming back, but, uh, you know, I, I had no idea that, that uh, the character would develop and have only been overjoyed to have that happen because, for me, the character I'm playing now is so much more complex and interesting and, and profound and challenging to play that it, it really rekindled my passion and, uh, and joy for acting. It's, it's going to affect people in very profound ways, and obviously some people are not going to be able to deal with how powerful you know, this story is. But at the same time, how many shows have the courage to go in that direction and to go all the way without compromises? 
and I have to take my hat off to the Sci-Fi Channel and to Ron Moore and David Icke and the entire team that they have had that kind of commitment to a vision and not allowed anybody to force them to compromise that vision. Uh, so often, unfortunately, you know, when you're trying to satisfy everybody, you end up watering something down and, and uh, pulling back. And uh, for me, so many shows, you know, that started out great, they lose the very thing that made them special because everybody is afraid of alienating anybody. And the trouble is, you end up, when you try to satisfy everybody, you end up satisfying nobody. Uh, I guess that's, a, again, another long-winded answer to a question. 